Hello, this is Sean Bennett from Psychics and Sidekicks, and uh, I've got a great personality back on with me today. Uh, we're revisiting um, somebody that I spoke to only a few weeks ago, Robbie Crossan. Robbie has uh, he's got lots and lots of experience, decades worth of experience in this field, uh, but he is also an ordained exorcist. And in this episode, we're going to talk as, as much as we can about just exorcism and hopefully provide some enlightenment for the listeners on that. Robbie, welcome back. Thank you very much for joining me again. Yeah, thanks for letting me back on. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How's things been for you since we last spoke? Okay. Um, I went up to visit my granddaughter. Um, got a new granddaughter, so spent some time with her. Uh-huh. Then came back down to reality um, last week. So <laughs> back with the band. Day, like my feet again, yeah, yeah, excellent. It's your first one, isn't it, Robbie? First grandchild. That's my first grandchild. Yeah, yeah, fabulous. Well done, mate. Congratulations yes. to you and and everybody up there. Um, it, it's Thank a brilliant you. feeling. I, I remember when we um, when we first found out we were going to be grandparents. It's uh, it's a great feeling, and when they finally arrive. It's even better. It's just like your first one all over again, isn't it? It makes it official. Like finding yeah. out you're a grandparent, but you're now officially old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was old young then. Um, yeah, I think I literally just managed to break the half century before it happened. To well, us. I was, I, I was a year over the half century when it happened. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Well, we're going to go from uh, from one end of the spectrum then to the birth, um, kind of all the way to the other the other end of the spectrum and beyond it, uh, if we're going to be doing exorcisms. So yeah. to start off with, just give us a bit of an overview of what an exorcism is, and then for the listeners, probably a contrast between cleansing and an exorcism. So tell us what one is, and then tell us the difference between those two, and then we'll just dig a little bit deeper. Yeah. So exorcisms are, it takes a long time to actually train properly to become an exorcist. I get roped into it. Um, I was an ordained priest before I was an exorcist. Um, I originally um, was um, a seminarian for the Roman Catholic Church. And the more I learned about their theology, the more I realised it didn't suit my needs. Plus I had abilities that they wouldn't allow me to use. Yeah. So... Um, I went to another version of the Catholic Church. It's like Rome's not the only people that can call themselves Catholics. And um, so um, I was ordained as a priest with them. Then one of the bishops found out what I could do. So I was like, oh, here we go. I'm in trouble now. So get pulled into his office and he went, right, you're getting trained up to be an exorcist. And I went, nope. He went, you've not got a choice. You're doing it. <laughs> you were voluntold, as we call it then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I did my training for that. Um, I kind of went around with another exorcist, like studied like mad, went around with another exorcist to get um, see what they were doing to assist yeah. in their exorcisms. Then after a couple of years, I think it was two and a half, three years, um, they're like, right, you're capable of doing your doing solos now. Um, and since that was what, 1997, and I've performed five since then. Um, right. so and we, how many did you witness in that training period? Um, roughly about 
10, 15, but I was going out with different, other different exorcists right. doing it at the time. Okay. It's in quite a busy area, though. Um, well, it wasn't just Scotland. It was all over Scotland, right. England, Wales, Northern Ireland, wherever oh, we okay. get sent, we had to go. I thought you just got your own special little zone where where you, where you operated. Actually, not many hell, exorcists. That's busy. Yeah, there's not very many exorcists. Yeah, and um, there's only a handful that's properly ordained. Mm-hmm. Um, but the like the difference between an exorcism and a cleansing kind of thing is an exorcism, like a person's body becomes infested with something. Now, it could be either um, some energy form that wasn't born as a human, or it can be an energy form that was never human, like demonic, or yeah. that kind of thing. Um, so we've got those, like a long process. It takes months and months for each case. Sometimes it can take years. So we've got to ask every single question known to man We've got to make sure that the person hasn't got mental health issues because it could be some form of psychosis and they're thinking it's something else. It could be schizophrenia. It could be like these things. So we've got to dive into their their very personal um, histories. And we've got to make sure as well that they're not just Mm -hmm. attention-seeking. So we constantly ask questions for weeks and weeks at a time and we observe them as well. And what else we do is, as I said, the questions... Every so often, we'll change the wording. It's the exact same answers we're expecting, but we're wording it different just to see what the response would be. Yeah. And it's only when we can get the exact same responses, then we've done all, like, we'll go and visit the people, we'll watch what they're doing. And as I said, like, a few weeks, few months down the line, we'll decide, right, an exorcism has to either happen or an exorcism doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, so if it does happen, then what we do is we place, normally we just get the person to sit down. What you see on TV about tying them up and all that, that's, I've never witnessed that. So I don't know if in some cases that has happened. I've got no personal um, knowledge of that. Yep. And as for like the green, the green pea soup and the spinning heads, never seen that either. I would have minded seeing one or two, but it's never happened. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so um, so that that's kind of so this is an exorcism of an individual. Yes, that you're talking about. Yes, so basically, um, an exorcism of a property is almost something similar. It's just like uh, an extreme version of house cleansing. Yep. Right. Okay. And so, for the listeners' benefit, what is a cleansing by comparison? I'm, I'm guessing it's well, like as you just said there. Um, it's probably like a toned down version, but you don't have yeah. to. Be, you don't have to be an exorcist to do a cleansing, do you? But you still need to have knowledge of yeah. the how to do it because it's like, for instance, the thing about a cleansing is is you've got to think on your feet because not two no two houses are the same, mm-hmm. no two cases are the same. So you need to <laughs> excuse me. Again, you need to investigate. It takes a few days, a few weeks, a few months to investigate properly. Yep. Then you've got to work out what is there so you know exactly how to remove it. Um, and there's different, like you see people going around with like sage 
I mean, I've always said, said Sage is only good for one thing, and that's mixing the onions and stuff, you know, for turkey's bum. <laughs> um, you're, doing it, you're, you're doing it again. You're stealing my questions. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I use other methods. I'll use, like, blessed oils. I'll use um, different types of incense. Yeah. Um, and if I do use sage, then I'll mix it with other things, other herbs, flowers. Um, because a mixture of everything with the sage can work as well. Yeah. So thanks for stealing my question. <laughs> <laughs> I was yeah, I was gonna make a comparison and say when you know, one of the things that um so you see the bit of the skeptic that sort of keeps jumping back out of me, I suppose, in a way is when you see these um, these shows on TV, and they are fascinating, they are entertaining. Absolutely, I don't knock that. There are some that I think are better and more authentic yeah. than others. Um, as but, entertainment purposes, yeah. But they, you know, they they go around, they do their investigation, they give the feedback, and then they go around in the sage around the room and everything, or the building, and and cleanse it. And I'm thinking, even with my limited knowledge, how can you cleanse it when You've only explored it for a matter of hours or days, a couple of weeks, you know, maybe a couple of days over a weekend or something. How do you know exactly what yeah. you're doing to treat it? And you've just answered that question for me, really, is that that is much more of the entertainment value than than a proper treatment. Or there's an awful lot more goes on in the background that you don't see or hear about in the production of the well, end instance, product. Yeah, well, there's one show on Discovery Plus, um, it's based in England, I'm not going to name names. Um, it's got an investigator, um, a tech specialist, an and an yeah, an exorcist as well. I think, Those I think guys are legitimate. <laughs> yep. Well, they spend weeks and weeks and weeks researching the property before they'll actually yep. send the cameras in. Then even after the cameras have stopped, they'll do follow-ups to make sure everything's right. safe. Um, so so, I know so what fact, we're seeing on TV then, on, on that particular show? Uh, is really only a very small snippet of what's involved. Yeah. But then you've got okay. other shows where the investigators will send, like, um, foot soldiers and like, runners, and the runners will just take notes, then these people are getting in, reading the footnotes, filming, then walking back out without actually doing any proper investigations. Yeah. And that's an American one where certain um, guys... Um, doesn't like his staff. He keeps sending his staff, and he doesn't want himself. Kind of thing. Yeah. Don't like your staff. Why, work with them? <laughs> Why not change them? <laughs> uh, it's mad. I do. Um, I do like them. I, you know. I think as I've gone on this journey myself this year, it's been very interesting and entertaining to to watch some of the American stuff and some of the UK based stuff, and to you draw your own comparisons. And for me, it's good because it kind of gives me food for thought and it gives me opportunities to say, oh, when I get a guest on that does this, I can ask them that, you know, and sort of lead that conversation. So it's useful. It is useful. But I've never seen anything other than, um, you know, Hollywood movies when it comes to anything related to exorcisms. And yeah. I have to say that th those types of films don't really, they don't float my boat at all. Um. Again, it's entertainment. We don't. They're, they're very loosely based in true stories, but we don't know how yeah. much of the story is actually in the movie. Yeah. So we've got um, we've got a rough explanation of an exorcism. 
we've got comparison for a cleansing. Um, you also stole another one of my questions, which is how you became or what led you to become an exorcist uh, and been voluntold well, that you were doing least, it. Yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned as well about faith there um, at the start as well, Robbie, and how you discovered that with your abilities that actually came into direct conflict with the faith that you were following at the time. Can you tell it's us a bit more so about that? Well, it's not so much about the faith. It's about the, the faction, like right. the, the Roman Catholic Church. I mean, they've yep. got all these rules and regulations. They tell us not to do these things. But then when you find out, they've got people that do it themselves, but they, they hide it under the carpet kind of thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so... um. I was, um, like, for instance, with the Roman Catholic Church, they don't allow women to marry. I've got a big issue with that. Everybody's equal. Mary Magdalene mm. was an apostle. She had her own church kind of thing. Yeah. And then they don't allow, they actually banned priests from marrying. In the 1100s, priests were, priests could have like, been married and have families up to the 1100s. But the Vatican wanted more and more power and more and more wealth. So they basically banned their priests from marrying in that way. They, that was more money they had for themselves because they didn't need to pay for a family. Yeah. And then, like, for instance, I've got a lot of, I grew up with a lot of friends and family that are LGBT, and I've got a big gripe with the, the um, cardinal rules about that as well. So I did my homework, found other different types of, there's about five different types of organisations that can call themselves Catholic, and, and I found three that were um, they didn't care who you are what your past is or who you want to be with yep. so I was like ah, right, I'm going for them and plus I knew for a fact all their priests are practising paranormal investigators and I was a that. paranormal investigator before I was a priest yeah um, I so that kind of fit the bill then yeah, so then, as I said, they kind of realised, hold on a minute, he's no using tech. There's something dodgy about this guy. And they're like, right, what can you do? And I went, um, well, I'll be excommunicated. And they're like, no, what can you do? So I told them what I can do. And they're like, all right, you're getting signed up for exorcism training. I went, do I do it? <laughs> no, you're not putting me in there. Because <laughs> I grew up watching The Entity, The Exorcist, yeah. <laughs> Poltergeist. Yeah. I'm going, I'm no doing that. <laughs> But it was an eye-opener, put it that way. I mean, you see all these things online, it's given up, become an exorcist, then you go on the thing and it's like, six weeks course, pay this amount of money, and you're like, six weeks, my bum. It took me years to learn how to do it properly. So in terms of having done exorcisms, um, and obviously there's client confidentiality, and I I wouldn't even dream of asking you to break anything in that. Um, So... Sorry, I just got a bing in my ear, so I'm just going to repeat that little piece so we can edit it. Uh, so in terms of exorcisms, and you said that you've done one or two now, um, I'm not going to ask you to breach any client confidentiality. I wouldn't dream of doing that. But is is there something that you could tell us about any one of the exorcisms that you've uh, undertaken that would be yeah. interesting and, and informative for the listeners? Yeah, well, basically what happens is... Um, Normally you get, um, the, the first major sign for me is when you start hearing people speaking in tongue. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I've had, like, there was one case, in fact, no, there was actually two of them, um, where this one, they started, like, they were speaking English, then they would start speaking in Latin. Right. And so then I would respond in Latin just to annoy them even more. And then, like, you've got to use, um, for instance, I use prayer quite a lot. Um, I've got, I've got like a, a book with all the prayers in it for exorcisms. There's literally dozens of them. Again, you've got to do your homework to figure out what's in there before you can work out which prayers you can use to remove it. Mm. Um, so, like as I said, I use prayer. Um, I command them under the name of Christ. I command them under the name of God. Um, I'll pray to um, who do you call him? Like St. Michael the Archangel. I'll pray um St. Benedict, who is the patron saint of our like exorcist kind of thing. Yeah. And so I'll force a reaction through prayer. And what will happen is you'll start seeing the person spitting, you'll start seeing them foaming. They'll um, as I said, start talking in Latin and their voices will change as well. So, like for instance, females will end up with a really deep grizzly male voice yeah and it can be scary for the family thrown about them right so that the, to draw a comparison then to your typical hollywood exorcism they're taking some of these aspects that you're describing yeah and then just like you know injecting quite a bit of steroids um effect into it just, yeah. just, just basically to make it oh yeah overkill for um for that effect yeah and how long for instance, oh sorry sorry I, I was just going to say how long does you know what if you're in that process of right you are now exercising a person or a, a property how long does that typically take um and I'm, i think i know the answer to this anyway there's no there's no typical length is the it's going to be down to well, how long is about a string yeah it's like it can take hours days weeks months I mean, for instance, the the, the first Conjuring movie, for instance, we see an hour and a half of film footage, but that case took well over a year. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, the most I've had to, like, most it's took me is about seven, seven to eight months. Yeah. And is that that's from starting the investigation to the end of the process, to, is it? To the very end of the process. Yeah. But then you've got like a few weeks after that just to make sure they're okay. Like, you don't need to go in and investigate, you just go in, well, you just phone them up and you just speak to them and ask them how their day is and what they've been doing and how they're feeling within themselves. Yeah. Interesting. Very interesting, mate. Appreciate your candidness with that. Um, so in modern society, what what is that? How does that compare with... Anything that you've done from your learnings, uh, I'm pretty sure you'd have been given some some of the history of exorcism as part of your learning. You've got to you've got to actually, well, a proper exorcist has got to learn from the very start. Uh-huh. So we are taught we are taught about when, like for instance, the very first exorcism was done by Christ. Um, then as I said, you you've got to learn all the the big massive cases through time, and you've got to study them. Yeah, which takes a lot of brain power. It's like 
for a few months, I'm thinking to myself, I'm not going to remember all this. Uh, it's really, really hard to remember. Yeah. And you, for instance, they wanted me to become a demonologist as well. And I was like, nope, I'll do one or I'll do the other. I'm not doing both. So if there is a case where there's demons being named, I'll contact somebody I know who's uh, one of the best demonologists in Britain. I've known the best. Mm-hmm. And I'll say, right, need your help. Can you tell me who this person is? Can you tell me what they're doing and yeah. how to get rid of them? Then he'll he'll give you the information you need to remove them. Excellent. So, like for instance, you see people that they're going, "Oh, I'm a professional. Um, I'm an expert." Nah, there's no such thing. You're you're a student for the very first day you start it until basically you take your last breath. Yeah. Because things change every single day, and we're learning yeah. every single day. I think, if we're honest, um, everything that we do in life, we're students, right up to our yeah. dying breath, aren't we? Uh, you know, so, um, I was talking to a lady the other day, and she was talking about the. Um, it was actually about Reiki healing, and we're digressing a little bit now, Robbie, because I did my Reiki yeah, I do first. That still. I do Reiki um, as well, and she was talking about something and, and she talked about practice makes perfect and I, I smiled and she's like why are you smiling and I said well it's just the terminology really I said because and I, you know I'm, I think my perspective's changed on a few things in the last year or so but I said I, I learned a phrase from my time as an army cadet instructor and that's practice makes permanent because the more you do it the more natural it becomes but you're never perfect oh. Yeah, it's like driving a car. It's like becomes yeah, automatic. By the end of the session, she's like, "I'm taking that away. I'm going to keep that." Yeah, <laughs> it's like, I, I, that's what I say. To people like, for instance, it becomes natural. You don't think yep. about it. You just do it. Like you, you don't think about when you're going to hit the pedals or when you're going to change gears. You just know when it's about to happen. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, I suppose one of the other questions I had in mind was. Um, was about advice for listeners. We're, we're kind of fast-forwarding in, in, in sort of my, my questioning thought process. Advice for listeners. If anybody had any inkling that something was wrong, where do they start? Because they don't want to be going, uh, Robbie, I need an exorcist straight away, do they? You know, there's, there's quite a few steps that you would probably take as an individual yep. to identify and rule out before you start and asking not- for that kind of help. What normally happens if somebody contacts us about themselves is because they don't feel right. Yeah. Um, for instance, they can hear like little voices in their head or they start to do things they wouldn't normally do or they would start um, experiencing things they can't explain mm-hmm. or like the odd little thing would happen in their house, like, for instance, things start to move, um, like noises they wouldn't normally hear. So that's when we would go investigating again. It's all about asking questions. You've got to bombard them with questions. Then what you do is once you've asked all the questions, you'll say to them, right, I've got some more questions to ask you. Then it's the same questions, just muddled up and worded differently, just to yeah. see if you get the same response. Then what you do is after that, is you would then go into the house, spend some time in the house just observing. Then you would do a basic investigation then if your basic investigation shows you some hits, then you would do a full investigation. Then after that full investigation, you would then try and work out 
plan of action kind of thing. They said no two cases are the same. So you've got to work out what you're going to do and how you're going to do it. Excellent. Okay, so the, quite a few steps then to take before yeah. before you sort of say, yes, okay, this is where we're going. Um, and a good few opportunities to rule out some yeah. of the more you've natural or more sure obvious things. Your, you've got to make sure you're, waste, you're not wasting your own time. Yeah. So because it's quite energy out. intensive as well, isn't it? Physically. Um, Physically, mentally and emotionally. Yeah. But most in most cases... It isn't a, a house cleansing or an exorcism at all. And you've done it just like somebody could be just wanting, like somebody might just feel lonely or somebody want, just might want attention. Mm-hmm. Or somebody might need, like, put on some medication or seek some counselling for something. Yeah. Because a lot yes. of the time that happens. I, I understand. I'm, I'm surprised, to be fair, that you don't, we probably don't hear more uh, suggestions or indications that people feel that they are that with with the way that mental health uh, situations really escalated over the last three years or so, hasn't it? Yeah, because um, a lot of them was the biggest problem with that one. But, yeah. Put put a lot of uh, a lot of pressure on people in yeah. all, all aspects of life. So I think I've kind of come to a natural end on my little introduction into exorcism. Thank you very much for that bit. That, that's been really You're useful. Welcome. I might well end up with more questions and get you back on and talk about it a little bit more detail, just probe yeah. a bit more. Um, but just as a reminder for the listeners as well, uh, Robbie's a man of many talents, and one of which is uh, making uh, paranormal investigation equipment, so ITC, as it's uh, quite commonly referred to. And um, he's got a natural gift for that. He explained to me in the last con- last conversation we had that yeah, well, you can look at some of the equipment and just make it. Yeah, I can, like, like I'll go online. Like, for instance, well, the reason it started is because um, a few years ago, my son became old enough to start coming out and investigate this. Yep. So um, he's, like, nuts on all these shows, and because he sees all these gadgets with the bells and muscles, he's going, we need to buy that, we need to buy that. And being Scottish, <laughs> I'm going, no, I'm not buying uh, anything because it's too dear. I'm not spending that money yet. But eventually he convinced me and I went to a certain company um, who I'll not name, but I bought some tech off of them. It worked okay, then I bought more tech and that tech was all faulty. And then I found out I was the only one that was having the same problem. There was hundreds upon hundreds of people like it was either not getting the tech or that was getting faulty tech. Yeah. <laughs> so I said, right, I'm not going to buy any more tech after anybody else because I don't want scammed again. So I started working out how to build main tech. Like, like I just started off with the simple stuff, like mini REM pods, um, some trigger objects, that kind of yep. thing, EM pumps. Um, then I started looking through Facebook, uh, like Facebook to see what else could be done or like watching TV shows. Then I would go to... Um, online stores, and I would look at like a piece of tech, for instance, like the, the Vortex. I looked at this box, well, a picture of this box on my uh, my computer, and I went, Christ, I know how to work that, or I know how to build that. Like, it's like something inside me knew I could see inside the box, and I knew what components yeah. to buy. So I built my first model, took it a field test, it, it worked. And then 
I started in like I'm big on para unity, so I invite other teams out with me, and I'll try and invite myself to other teams. Then what we do is we do double ups just to see how each other work. So I took all my take out is, and these teams are going, oh, where did you get that from? I went, built it myself. Oh, can you build me one? Um, no, I'll go on, and they just kept winding, like wearing me down until I went, I all right, then I'll build you one. Yeah. So. Like they would say, much would you charge? So I would go online, I would look at the price and going, ah, no, that's too dear. Um, so I would give them a price I would buy it for. And they were like, right, we're having that. Then they would tell their friends, then their friends would tell their friends. And before I knew it, I started building tech almost full time. Yeah, excellent. That, that's a good way to do it. And there's nothing better than a personal recommendation, is there? Yeah. Um, and I'm with you on the price. I mean, a Yorkshireman talking to a Scotsman. You know, we 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 know when there's a price limit, don't we, mate? And you just got to do it. You oh, can yeah. say, no, I, if I won't pay that, my customers won't pay that, and that's where you go. Precisely. I mean, that's, and that's I solid, customers, really solid. I give my customers like the, the personal touch. I like, for instance, I don't keep any of the parts here because a lot of companies they'll bulk buy everything. Mm-hmm. I'm no like a company company. I don't have a shop, and so. I'll say to them, right, there's a, a waiting time of 28 days, so you you give me the money first, I'll buy the parts, then I'll build it for you, and I keep them updated all the time, so I'll tell them when the parts are due to arrive, then I'll tell them, well, that's me starting to build it, then I'll show them a photo of the, the completed model, then I ship it mm-hmm. by courier service the next day. Yeah, excellent. Maybe said to wait 28 days so far, it's normally three weeks at the very most. Yeah. It's good. I mean, it and, gives you a little bit of a buffer as well, doesn't it? To, um, you know, a little delay on one of your components arriving stops the whole job otherwise. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's really and handy. It's like the, the big things, for instance, um, the music boxes, the, the actual mute, the, the chain mechanisms, um, yep. they come through all different places around the world. And I've, I refuse to buy off a any companies in England or Scotland because they're three times the price for the components. Yeah, yeah. And if I've got to charge three times the price for the components and I've got to pass that like, overcharge onto the customer and I refuse to do that, so I'll say to them, look, for that little bit extra away, you're saving yourself another fortune and everybody so far is like, yeah. prepared to work for it. And I've got repeat customers now as well. I've got customers that will buy so much every month rather than buying everything at once. They'll, yep. they'll ask me, like, give yourself a budget and then don't go over that budget each month. Yeah, and that's and then, good for you as well because it gives you a bit of a forward order plan. Yeah. Um, so, like, I've got one guy, um, he's, he's, I think he's actually bought one everything on my list and he's wanting to buy another set of one everything on my list like, because he's yeah. wanting to everything kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a common thing, isn't it? We all like a little bit of redundancy in the system because what you don't want to do is arrange to go out and do something, knowing you need a particular piece of kit, and then you suddenly find, oh, I'm there, and it doesn't work. You can't go in a bag and well, get a spare, but you can't go back so later because you're going to miss the opportunity. Well, so far, the only problems my kit get is, like, people are using them that much, the batteries die quick. So yeah. all they need to do is replace the batteries. But, like, for instance, a lot of my teams have got, like, um, a big amount of members in them. So what they do is they split up in, into two sections of the property. Mm-hmm. Each will take a section each, so that's why they need two sets of tech. Yeah. Yeah, when, when we do that, we use one group that does tech, 
and then the other group's got uh, a psychic medium in, so he's pretty tech free. Yeah. Just uses what well, what appears in there. <laughs> well, it's like a lot of like a lot of people I know like to see the bells and whistles to verify with the mm-hmm. psychic medium. Yeah. Um, because I've been called a psychic medium, but I don't give myself a label. I mean, I can. There's loads of things I can do. I can. I've been able to hear and see since I was a child. Then mm-hmm. was thirteen, that was. And verified because it was what something happened that was witnessed by other people. Then the older I got, the more I realised I could do even more things. So, and that's when I realised I need I need to do this full time kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, excellent stuff. And um, I need to book in with you as well. <laughs> For what oh, you told yeah. me last time. Last time we were talking, I've told two or three right, people. I haven't. Time. I haven't told. Yeah, I haven't told Andy. Projection. No, it was the uh, vision, the vision oh. stuff. Oh, hold on, the vision. Was it direct spirit contact or was it for the time jumps? You, you were talking. You said to me, right out of the blue, you've got an ability. Um, we're gonna have to cut this out. <laughs> It'll be a bit of a spoiler. Right. I might have to just bleep a certain piece out when we're editing. Well, but you told me well, about well, having an ability to visualize things in the past. You had an ability, yeah. And I said, well, no, it was, I said, oh, you can do this and you can do that. And you went, oh, hold on a minute. How do you know that? Kind exactly. of thing. And I said, right, if you need trains for it, I'll train you up on it because we can do it via video chat because yeah. it's all I need to do is explain to you how to do it, then you go away and practice it. Yeah. I remember it now. Because I'm, right. I, teach, I, don't think, I don't think we've quite given everything away in that, so I might just tease no. and leave it in. <laughs> well, you've got an ability, and I'm going to train you how to use it. We'll leave awesome. it at that. Awesome. I was telling a lady, I was talking to somebody in Canada the other day, and I was telling her about it. I said, when, when Robbie told me this, uh, I was like, I wanted to go, right, Robbie, get the kettle on. (laughs) 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 Because you did in Matt, hold on a minute, I can do that. That's happened to me before. Yeah. It's mad. It's mad. Right, mate, I am going to wrap up this particular conversation. It's absolutely not going to be the last one, Robbie, because I'm I'm absolutely loving talking to you. Um, You fill me with enthusiasm for what I'm doing every time we speak and and I just want to continue learning and finding out more information and sharing that with the listeners. So yep. from the bottom of my heart, thank you very much for coming on again so soon. Can't wait to get around and get to the training done. And uh, I can't wait to get you on and talk in a bit more detail about the next subject or the next topic. Yeah. Well, I'll get loads of topics. <laughs> Fabulous. That'll keep us busy, mate. Right? Yeah, and I have remembered hot chocolate. <laughs> is it yep. hot chocolate nope. and Jaffa cakes? I, no, Jaffa cakes, chocolate bars, and Lucasaid. That's oh, my yeah, Lucas, go-to. Uh, Lucasaid, right? Okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's the sugar rush. It's the slow be crashing, and it helps with the paranormal hangovers. Yeah, fabulous. Right, mate. Thank you very much for coming on. I'll speak to you soon. No problem.